1: that's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com.
0: The sexually liberated woman gets her orgasms from Chakras, the original crystal sex toy company that makes beautiful handcrafted pleasure tools from Pure Crystal. Crystals are a natural earth-made material that awaken higher levels of consciousness, work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that, put it in a sex toy, and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I recently got their amethyst wand as a gift, and I've been loving playing with the intense and incredibly healing vibes this crystal gives me. It not only gets me off, but helps me create an intentional self-pleasure practice that urges me to feel deeply and reconnects me to my inner wisdom. And my orgasms are incredible. So if you want to bring sacredness and new levels of sensuality to your erotic life, head to chakrubs.com and use my code, Liberation, to get 10% off your purchase. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S dot com, promo code Liberation for 10% off your next purchase. Tell them Evian sent you and may your orgasms be plentiful. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sexually Liberated Woman. I'm Evian Whitney, and today I'm bringing you an official brand spanking new episode. Finally, If you're new here, you might not know that The Sexually Liberated Woman didn't start off as a podcast. It was actually an interview series I created on my blog to highlight some of the brave women I worked with in the past, giving them space to share their sexual liberation journeys and to celebrate their healing work. When I was on my year hiatus, I heard from a lot of you who were going back into the archives to get your fix that those conversations with Kate. Emily and Ingrid were really moving and relatable to you, and many of you started your own sexual liberation journeys because of those conversations. So in that vein, and to celebrate the return of the sexually liberated woman, I'm going back to my roots today, and I'm sharing with you an honest and incredibly vulnerable conversation I had with another one of the brave women I've worked with. Her name is Tasha. One of the first things that Tasha wrote when putting in an application to work with me was that she was a queer, feminine, non-monogamous goddess who was wanting to escape the clamp of her past sexual shame. She wanted to experience deep intimacy and reach a level of sexual confidence that her trauma was not really allowing her to access at the time. So we got to work starting with addressing and dismantling the old stories that were keeping her in shame, and then working toward where she is today, living in a place of total erotic joy after having released and reconciled with her sexual past. Tasha is a survivor, an empath, a pleasure seeker. She has fierce boundaries and knows her sexual worth. She is brave, bold, and vibrant, Tasha is a sexually liberated woman, and I am so excited to introduce you to her. Before I do, I just want to give a heads up. In this conversation, the topic of rape, violation, and sexual assault comes up. We don't go into graphic detail or anything like that, but if you feel that hearing a survivor story might be too much for you, definitely take care of yourself and listen to this episode at another time. Okay, here's our conversation. Ah, Tasha, I am so excited to talk to you today and to get updated on where you're at since we last spoke. I mean, it's been a couple of months and I'm really looking forward to revisiting your story, revisiting your healing journey and
2: hearing about how awesome your sex life is (laughs) right now. Yes, me too. This is really fun to like just see the progress that has, that has happened since we last worked together. Yeah. So I'm actually looking
0: through our notes right now. I'm looking through the notes that I took um, when we were in session together. And I wrote down that we started working together on November 8th of 2017. And I, it feels like so long ago. So this is kind of a weird question for me to ask you, but like, I don't know if it's possible for you to like think about who you were on November 8th? like What was going on then? Um, What sort of things led you to
2: wanting to do this work? Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I remember that feeling very vividly of just being done, being fed up with um, the victim mode that felt safe. Um, It's like my conscious brain was just ready for celebration and ready for the breaking of the chains of the victim that I had become throughout the years and quite literally the victim, but also I was just ready for peace and I was ready to let go. And I just, I remember that feeling so, so vividly of being like, okay, something, I need a sign. I need something to jump out at me. I am just so ready. I remember our first um, like preliminary... Talk before we had. I had even signed up with you. Was I was just like kneeling on my floor. I had, um, you know, my phone on my bed. And I was just like, okay, like I need something to change. I am looking out the window and I am like, I know that I see beauty in so much. So why do I feel so much sadness and darkness within me that just doesn't feel like mine? And I knew so much that it had to do with my sexual liberation and healing a lot. And it's just such an interesting feeling to be aware of that, but also like know that I needed help with that. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm curious about like how you knew that you needed help, because I know that there there's so many people and myself included, like we can just kind of. Coast, you know, with the way mm-hmm. things are, and think like, oh, well, this is as good as as it's going to get. Um, yeah, I'm curious, like, what what it was that let you know that like this is not the way that I want things to be.
2: I've always been the type of person that is naturally an optimist, um, and I was starting to feel like pessimistic about, well, this is you know the way it's going to be. Like, I'm. Maybe this is like it happens for a reason, you know? Maybe I'm I'm stuck here for a reason. And like I've always thought that your healing comes when you when you most um when you most need it. So I was feeling like I emotionally had hit rock bottom with myself and in that in those moments I was like I deserve better than this. Mm. And I just knew intuitively that it just, like, wasn't matching. Um, The way that I f- was feeling just didn't match the way that I knew that I was and that I am. Mm. So that, like, almost, like, vigor, that um excitement for life was where I wanted to be. And where I was just didn't fit that. So I just knew that, like, it just was not who I was. And I was like, why – why can't I get there by myself? And I think that's when I like really was like, okay, I need help. Because it's sort of like um an old nineties song when you're lying on the bathroom floor, you know, and you're <laughs> lying naked on the floor and you're you're crying, you're like, there has to be more than this. And that's kind of where I was.
0: You were talking about like this like you knew that this wasn't you like the person that you were at the time
2: wasn't you tell me who you were at the time at the time i was kind of going through the motions um i had experienced a lot of different sex and i was experiencing a lot of different um sexual um experiences that I did want to explore. So that was super brave of me to do at the time. Um, And also I was realizing that they weren't deeply connected sexual interactions with people. I was having a lot of great sex, but it wasn't a lot of really great, meaningful sex. And that is something that I think I was craving. I had been craving since I You know, first had sex as a teen, is that intimacy? I thought, you know, I thought this that whole time. I was like, I'm having such great sex. It's so great. This everything's great, and then I would be in my bed alone and be like, No, this isn't like. It feels empty. It feels me like not meaningless because there was obviously there was meaning there for me, Um, but it just wasn't the connective sober experiences that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you see yourself as a sexual being at that time?
2: Um, I saw myself as, you know, the dark edgy um, woman who was experiencing all the sex that she, that she wanted to physically. Um, and I, I wasn't, I knew that there was more to that, that I wasn't experiencing. Um And I knew that I, that it was definitely like my breaking point because I had all these great stories to tell, you know, that I was experiencing all this great sex and then it would just, it wouldn't equal out to the great sex that like was that connective experience that I was looking for.
0: Like the sense of an emotional availability.
2: Yes. Emotional availability, especially. Um, And also... I, you know, during those sexual experiences, you know, I would hold the other person and I would be there to be there for the other person when really I needed someone to be there for me. And I wasn't allowing other people that opportunity to be there for me because I was taking control of every situation so that I wouldn't be vulnerable or have to be vulnerable with people.
0: Yeah, I remember us talking about that a lot in sessions, like this idea of of softening, this idea of allowing yourself to feel safe in these sexual interactions that you were having. And I remember at the time, and it, it happened so beautifully that right around the time that we started our work together, I think you you got into a relationship with with the fellow that you're with now, right? Like it was very new, and I was I remember thinking like, isn't this interesting that like right when we are just about to get into the nitty gritty about intimacy, um, emotional uh, availability, vulnerability, that there's this guy in your life and he's asking for you, I mean, not like directly, but the relationship that you guys are creating with each other was asking of you to surrender in some ways. It was asking of you to seek that emotional connection. I just thought that that was so interesting how that happened.
2: It really was divine timing for that. It was like the whole like practice what you preach. Like I was literally practicing what we were working on. I was practicing in real time, in real life. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's
0: so funny how that works. Like as soon as you heed the call and begin to do this work, the universe is just like,
2: okay, here you go. Let's Let's begin. <laughs> yeah. And it's just the ease of the process that comes in where – you choose to do the work so then everything else fills in. It's, it's an incredible feeling. You don't have to work outside of the work that you're doing because you're so invested in yourself and in the work that you're doing that then like everything just like falls into place. It's really incredible the way that that worked.
0: Yeah. And what an amazing affirmation too, that like this is the path that you're supposed to be on. Like this was yes. like the decision that you made to do this work, to commit to healing yourself in this way. Um, It was just an affirmation that, yeah, this is exactly where you're supposed to be.
2: Yeah. That was incredible to have like universal support in that way because, yeah. you know, And I think that's something that we worked on too a lot is like the forgiveness in allowing yourself to move forward without having to explain to people why and leaving things in the past that no longer serve you. You don't have to have an explanation for that. Sometimes you just have to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a really hard process, but also super rewarding.
0: What sort of things do you feel like you released or that you had to release at that time in order for you to not just be in this new and exciting and safe relationship, but to come home to yourself and to begin to explore sexuality, sensuality, your feminine essence on your own terms?
2: I had to release a lot. I had to love and release the inner child that you know, was striving for sexual attention just to be brave and to be confident so that no one could see her vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to release expectations from other people that I, you know, I was non-monogamous for a while and I, I just had to release their relationships, um, and my relationships in ways that like, wasn't probably the most graceful from the outside, but, For me, it's, I had to release it in order to focus on myself. Releasing self doubt was a big one, and gaining self trust, um, and trusting, you know, my orgasm, trusting my sexual experiences, trusting my past, and, um, I think the timing for that was incredible as well with everything that was going on in the media. It really brought up a lot. Oh my God. Yeah, because that was right around the time
0: that like the Me Too stuff was really picking up.
2: Literally the Harvey Weinstein stuff like broke as soon as we started talking about oh my God. his actual yep. past. And yep. that was so triggering. And the releasing of that in itself was, I mean, I think we talked about that for a couple of weeks of just like, i remember just emailing you and being like i'm freaking out a little bit like there's a lot of energy going around and like just the openness of people and their oh just their rhetoric about like talking about rape and talking about harvey weinstein it was just so open that i'd be like bartending or serving and people would just openly be talking about rape in like not the most respectful ways but also like that was their viewpoint so i couldn't make them wrong for that. But it was so triggering for me every day to go into work and be like, oh my God, this is still in the headlines. Like, This is going to be in the headlines for a while. So how do I get past this? And how do I heal through this?
0: And I mean, even harder too, to be in a job that is something like bartending, where you're having to use your body, you're having to put yourself out there and be very visible in ways that could be even more triggering and even more activating for you. And I remember we had conversations about that, about boundaries, like really being able to make yourself feel safe um, when you have these interactions with men who are probably a little drunk and um, who want to say things or look at you a certain way. I remember those times, like especially During the times that we were talking and, you know, the Harvey Weinstein stuff was coming up, that was an incredibly – I mean, I think everyone at that time um, was really feeling all of that, like really feeling the energy and really um, just grieving and having so much stuff come up. And I remember being just very – Very proud of the way that you were allowing these emotions to come up and to come through you. You know, I mean, I think that there is, um, I don't know, like a, like an urge or a tendency to feel these things come up and be like, Okay, well, there they are, and I don't know, I don't know what to do with them, so I'm just going to try to ignore them. But I remember yeah. watching you process these things in session um, and being able to hold space for yourself, particularly hold space for your younger self. The self that made certain decisions about sex, um, who had certain things done to her, and being able to sit with that younger self and be able to say, like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to give you the care and the love and the compassion that you need. And I thought that that was so, as someone who also has been sexually traumatized, like, that was very inspiring and even healing for me to witness someone else's process in that way
2: thank you that feels so yummy yeah it um it was definitely a trying time and it's such an interesting thing to see the perspective now um i remember i mean year ago even yeah just a year ago like i wasn't even able to like say the word rape mm-hmm. and say anything about sexual abuse out loud and you know being around people that would like joke about rape or like say something was like rapey would, would send me into such a downward spiral. And now it's, you know, it's like more of the, the history being factual rather than your story. You know, my past is now at a place where I can fully say that that's what happened. Yes. And also I am who I am today because i made choices for myself to heal from that mm-hmm. so it no longer makes up who i am actively you know and that's not to say that like you know i don't have sad times or have those moments of and i say this in in a positive way of feeling sorry for yourself because i think it's really important throughout healing to let yourself feel those like really deep moments of sorrow for yourself you know that's not to say when that stuff comes up like i i don't feel those things out but there's a difference from feeling them out and also being like i'm really sad i'm going to suppress it until next time and that's when things start to like really bubble over
0: i don't know if you feel comfortable talking about it but i'm i would love to hear more or at least i would love to hear you share more about how you came to Reconcile and heal from your sexual past, your sexual trauma. Because I know that this is a story that so many women resonate with, myself included, um, especially like what you said about not being able to use the word rape for so long. I'm really curious about like when it was that you gave yourself permission to finally use that word and why.
2: I think the Me Too movement really helped me to to see that there were so many other women. I think it was like kind of the stages of grief um and I'm no expert on those but I know that there's, you know, there's anger and there's sadness and um I think when I first started seeing the Me Too movement it was this you know, I don't want to say excitement but it was this almost vibrance within me that came out that I was like oh my gosh there are other people talking about this you know I was during the me too movement I was I was at a place where I knew that it was important to talk about and also I was sort of shy to talk about it cuz I didn't want to make other people feel uncomfortable but then when the me too movement came out it was kind of in your face and it was like there and you couldn't deny it and I think that I mean this year especially the word rape is just it's a word to me now that like describes something that's that had happened to me and also I I don't let it like swallow me anymore. I I sort of use it as an empowering tool to describe my process and my empowerment. You know, when I was 16 years old, 15 years old, really, when I first experienced sexual abuse, like if I would have had more people around me talking about their experiences, I think I would have gone to a a way more positive place earlier. And that's okay that that wasn't there. But I just, I think it's just so important to talk about these things now um, because I know what it felt like to be a high schooler who was super depressed and, you know, would go to the doctor and scared to tell them about, about the rape that had just happened. And also like the shame that the the whole experience had, you know, at school, in the doctor's office, in my own bedroom, when I'm laying by myself, just not understanding like what had just happened, not understanding how I let it happen, not understanding how somebody else could do this to me. And like it was just such a downward spiral of confusion that I just feel like even just talking about this stuff is so super important because any woman listening has someone or a voice to relate to. And I feel like that's just so, so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: One of the things that
0: I really appreciated about our work together was, and you were kind of mentioning this a little bit ago about, you know, um, not feeling ashamed or like being able to use the word rape as an empowerment tool, which I think is like really radical. And I'm sure there there are some people that are like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. Um, But I was really inspired by that and also your way of being able to change this narrative about your sexual past that the things that you had done sexually when you were young, when you were wounded, when you um, didn't know how to take care of yourself or how to advocate for yourself. Like, I know that this is a story that so many other women are holding to, like this idea that. The amount of sexual partners we've had, or the amount of sexual experiences that we've had, um, should be looked at and should be judged, or something as something that we should be ashamed of. Um, and I remember us working through this a lot in in our work together, where seeing like your sexual past is not something to be ashamed of, but something to be proud of. And I wonder, like, if you could speak to. The way that you're seeing your sexual past these days. Cause I know when we first started, it was like, I don't even want to tell my partner, like what had happened to me, like how many people that I had been with or, you know, what sort of experiences that I had. And, um, yeah, I'm curious about how, how that's feeling for you today.
2: You know, it's so interesting because I remember speaking with you about a person I had slept with and having this minor moment of being like, do I need to tell my current partner because we're going to see that person like at you know social gatherings yeah. and stuff. Do I need to tell my current partner that we slept together? And one of the greatest things that you said was – is are those emotions present for you right now like do you feel something for that person and i was like absolutely not you know it's just it's a past it's a past thing but like it's holding a lot of shame for me and like your guidance through that was so important for me because it's it doesn't make who i am today it is something that i experienced mm-hmm. and i think that's the way now that i i feel empowered through my sexual past because they were all experiences, and I'm here at my present moment, present self, living in perfection because of that. Mm. You know, I was living in such a like tumultuous emotional time, and I was making do with what I had, and what I had was holding on to different sexual experiences to fill me, and that's okay. Today, I am um, looking within myself to fulfill me with like healthy lifestyle choices and different different things that fill me up like theater you know and i think i was living sort of through that addiction of wanting to be loved and wanting to be to be someone's and wanting to be you know shown affection and the best way that i could come up with An answer for that was to have different sexual experiences. So I'm empowered by myself today because of how strong I had to be during those times. You know, I didn't have a lot of great resources for expressing myself. So if I use sex as an expression, like what a, I mean, what a beautiful way to save myself essentially. I definitely wouldn't repeat it for myself because it no longer serves me. But, I mean, I was making do with what I thought I wanted at the time, which is empowering to look at now, you know? Yeah.
0: I love, like, how you can look back – at the person that you were and the decisions that you were making and and the decisions you were making from a place of fear, from a place of longing, like you can look at all of those things with compassion and love and acceptance um, and forgiveness too. I mean, that was a really big part of the work that we did was not just releasing trauma, releasing these old stories, but also forgiveness of self. Um, Because I know that there's a big part of you that was feeling, was like judging yourself, blaming yourself, wishing that things had been different. And I, I definitely remember telling you in session multiple times, like, this is who you are. Like all of those things that happened to you for better, for worse, they have brought you here today. And and in some ways they have protected you. They've kept you safe. Um, and what a beautiful way to, to flip the perspective. You know, I think so often we look at women who use sexual promiscuity as a way to heal from sexual trauma. And we That's all we see, you know. Um, I think that when we can peel back the layers and really examine closely, like with compassion and with love, um, it just yeah, it completely changes the energy
2: around around all of that. Yeah, I so agree with that, hundred percent. I remember having a lot of out of body experiences with sex, and I would my brain would leave the room, and that was the way to save myself from being taken advantage of in those times and you know our brains and our bodies are just are doing the best that they can but they are always here to serve us sometimes it's just a matter of being like okay brain like take a backseat, like i'm driving now you know it's just incredible the way that our brains and our bodies can take care of us
0: The Sexually Liberated Woman celebrates sexual liberation. And since you're listening to this podcast, I think it's pretty safe for me to assume that you're already about that life. Maybe you're already on your sexual liberation journey and you're in this process of fully exploring your erotic self. Or maybe you're one of the many, many people out there who isn't at all comfortable with their sexuality. If so, I have some things that might help. When I'm not doing this podcast, I teach classes and facilitate healing that helps women and femmes liberate and connect to their sexuality. And I've created some awesome resources to help them on their journey. There is a sensuality course that guides you into reconnecting with your sensual body one day at a time. There's a digital workshop I lead that teaches you how to use sensual selfies as a way to heal and celebrate your sexuality. There's also my sexual liberation and healing practice where I help you step out of shame and into erotic empowerment via one-on-one mentoring, counseling, space holding, and fierce accountability. So if you want to be sexually free, go to sexloveliberation.com shop and start your sexual liberation journey. That's sexloveliberation.com shop to awaken your sexuality. I absolutely cannot wait to witness your blossoming, and I'll see you there. Another thing that I'm curious about is like the way in which your partner was able to hold space for you, give you patience and love as you purged all this shit, like as you figured it all out, as you healed through these things, as you were re-traumatized. Like, that's, I, I remember being so ecstatic for you that you had a support system in this way, that you had someone who was able to hold space for you um, without judging you and was a constant um, source of love and support for you as you were doing those things. And I think like I know for me, it's so, it it was so difficult for me to reconcile with my own sexual past and my sexual trauma while I was in a relationship with someone because I felt like, oh man, if I do this work, then it's going to get really messy. And I don't know if I can allow myself to be messy with this person. I don't know if this person can, like, has the capacity to allow me to be messy in this way. Um what sort yeah. of things did you ask for um what sort of things did you receive from your partner as you were doing this kind of healing work
2: It's it's just absolutely incredible um the moment that I started doing this work I knew that it was going to be life changing and in the past in any you know relationship that I had in the past I would Immediately go into this relationship like, okay, here are the things that they need to know about me. I am a two-time rape victim. Um, I'm a hot mess, and I'm kind of like a disaster. And like those were the old stories that I was telling myself. So I like went into this new relationship. Thankfully, like as we're working together, like kind of letting go of those stories, and it created this beautiful space to like create my own narrative about my life, and and also present myself as. The raw version of me, without my partner, like having to know, like, here's the old stories, and this is what you're gonna get. And what I realized doing this work is that not everything has to be so freaking dramatic. <laughs> um, honestly, because like, well, and think about it too. Like, I was a teenager when I experienced the sexual trauma, so everything as a teenager is dramatic. You feel. You, I mean, you're going through so many emotions and body changes and there's just so many hormones running through you. So everything does feel way more dramatic. So as I started to experience this work and like would ask for things from my partner, it was just incredible how easeful and easy and just joyous everything Mm -hmm. was. From asking for, you know, a sexual act that I wanted to like to like asking for space or ask, you know, it just, it was so incredible how my partner met me with such kindness and softness and openness to experience me in whatever form I found myself in. And I think like the most important thing throughout that whole entire process was just communication and as hard as it can, it can be sometimes these stories that I would make up in my head about like, oh my gosh, I have to ask for what I want. This is going to be so hard. And then I would present my partner with this and they would be like, okay, cool. Let's try it. And I'm like, what? How is that so easy? Yeah. It was so much harder in my brain. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I <laughs> totally remember like we would have these conversations about this, about like, you know, the things that you want and the the things that you want to ask for, but feeling like, oh, if I ask for that, his response could be this, or maybe he won't be able to meet me there. And like the moment that you were able to ask, the moment that you just allowed yourself to be like, okay, I'm gonna be incredibly vulnerable here. I'm gonna be a little messy here and just tell you what's on my mind or tell you you, like how I'm feeling. Like, and I don't, I don't know if it's because your man is like amazing. <laughs> I mean, he is amazing. Right. But like, yes.
2: but yes. he was just,
0: he was so able and willing to meet you there. And that's one of the things that I think is so important for people to remember and to realize is that like the ones who are meant to be with us throughout this journey, whether those are romantic partners, sexual partners, BFFs, like when we make a request that is, um, for our healing in particular, the people who are meant to be with us, they will see that request and they will take it. No question. Like it, it won't be dramatic. It won't be like, well, why are you asking about this? Like they will yeah. intuitively know this is what she needs in order for her to be supported, in order for her to feel safe. And yeah, I just, I loved being able to watch you Kind of get like surprised at how like easy it was. Like the moment that you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and just be like, okay, I don't know what this is going to look like or how you're going to respond to this, and he was just like, yeah, sure,
2: let's do that. That's great. (laughs) It was so fun too to figure out like the ways that I was finding comfort. So like you know maybe I couldn't say it out loud. So I would write it down and like pass like a little secret note and be like, Oh my gosh, can you just read it? And then they, you know, my partner (laughs) was like, okay, cool. You know, like it's little things like that. There's so much joy and playfulness you can bring to those moments too, of being like, Mm -hmm. okay, so I like, I'm having a lot of trouble feeling this and saying it out loud. So like, maybe I could do it in a different way or like, you know, say it over dinner. Like we're going to have this conversation, but it's going to be super fun. We're going to turn on some music and say it over dinner. And like, there's just so many different ways to approach it that like our brains sort of want to make it hard from the start and it doesn't have to be. So like that's, that's fun though, too, is like exploring with your partner of like, how can we create this fun newness as we're like getting to know each other and like getting those, you know, the norms of like the relationship going, like how can we get creative in the ways that we communicate with each other? Because I think that's super important too.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's completely in service of the healing that you're doing when you're continuing to practice this expression of vulnerability. It's like, you know, the more that you practice it, the more that like your brain realizes like, oh, if I ask for what I want that doesn't necessarily mean that I'll be rejected. Like it kind of creates this like positivity loop where you put yourself out there. It feels really big and scary and then you're freaking out and then you realize like, oh, it's, it can be easy. Like yeah, <laughs> can you hold space for me and I don't have to like, you know, explain myself or answer any follow-up
2: questions. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a practice, you know? And it's so interesting too, like when – that practice is in play. And then you're like, after they say, yeah, sure. That's great. And you're like, but, but wait, what? Like your brain is still like (laughs) looking for like difficult and like disease with it. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well let's, um, I guess let's make dinner then. I don't know. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. That was easier than I thought. I like booked this for like a half hour today and it literally took three minutes. So yeah, (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: I want to, I I mean, we've been talking so much about like your old story, you know, the way that you have healed yourself through some really traumatic and challenging times. I want to hear more about like, what is going on for you today like as a result of doing all of this work which i mean it was months and months and months of this really deep dirty messy work um what is what is what's happening now like what's what's your sex life like how's your body feeling like tell me everything
2: <laughs> my whole woman essence i guess my goddess energy my divine feminine is just like Has been slowly coming forth. I think it's, it's interesting too. I think my body has just been so excited for summer here in Cleveland because it's been a little gloomy. So like my body's ready for crop tops. My body's ready for bathing suits and like, you know, and it's, (laughs) it's so interesting because. Like last year when I'm thinking about summer, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's gonna be sunny outside. Yeah, that's fun. But also like this year, I'm like, I'm ready to like be in my body and not not let anybody tell me anything about my body. Like I'm not letting anyone convince me otherwise. Like, challenge accepted. I am ready for full sunshine and it's and I don't think I would be there if I hadn't done this work. I'm just I mean, my sex life is incredible. I am having just like super connective, goofy, fun, joyous sex. And-
0: yes. Oh, I love that you said goofy oh, because, like, so I, goofy. I think sometimes we, <laughs> we take sex way
2: too goddamn seriously.
0: Oh and so, like, oh, I love that you used the word goofy to describe your sex life. That sounds so fun.
2: Honestly, I haven't had this many giggles in a relationship in <laughs> ever. So it just and that's something that is so incredible is like I've I've been learning is like I am a person that's filled with laughter. I love laughing. And I don't care at the moments when it is, I will laugh at inappropriate, you know, whatever times it's and also having giggles be appropriate during sex. And making those rules for yourself of being like, okay, this is our normal. This is what we enjoy. Like, it's such an incredible feeling. And discussing what turns us on, and like discussing just, you know, I I went into this relationship being like, I am going to be a little too much for this person. I might scare them away by like how open I am about like what turns me on. And like if I see something on TV, I'm like really vocal about it. Or if I like see somebody's outfit, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's super sexual. Like it, it, there's a lot in life that turns me on. And I think throughout our work, like I've been – so much more open and vocal about that and it's starting to become like a norm of people that i'm around which feels really good because i really do feel like it opens doors for other people to also experience things in real time mm-hmm. which feels so good and you know at first i was like oh my gosh i maybe i should be a little quieter about like you know my <laughs> like things that turn me on but then now my partner's starting to play back with me and it's like this like banter of things that turn us on and then it just like explodes into this amazing sexual experience and it's just such an incredible feeling to be so on the same page with your partner
0: mm. I'm so happy for you. Like you have no idea. <laughs> Cause I mean, I remember <laughs> one of the things that came up was, and I don't know if you said this directly. It may have been something that I just sensed from you in session, but I remember me sensing that like that kind of relationship, that kind of erotic joy um, wasn't possible for you that you that there was a part uh, yes. of you that didn't feel that you deserved it that you could access that and so to hear that you are accessing erotic joy on a regular basis oh I mean that just makes me that makes me feel so good just for you I mean I love I love hearing that people are having the kinds of sex and having the kinds of sex lives that they want to have and I'm just so so happy and so proud of the work that you've done in order to reclaim that,
2: thank you. It feels so good. And also, like, it's such a great bookmark in my brain to, like, hear you say that because that did bring me a lot of sadness when I was like, "I just don't think I deserve that." And like, yeah. now I'm like looking at at my past self and being like, "Girl, come on." Like there was <laughs> never a point in which you did not deserve that. I get that your healing journey did not give that to you then and i'm like just so proud of myself now but like it's such an interesting thing cuz i'm i would never now and in the place that i am let myself get to that place where i felt like i didn't deserve something like that yeah and so now it's kind of like okay like that's a good like little bookmark for my brain to be like Okay. We're in a really good place now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
0: You are like – I mean, when I just think about who you were when we first started in November and who you are today, I mean, it's like – its I was, I was about to say it's like light years of a difference, but it really isn't. I mean, you're still the same you. I just feel like the volume has been turned up in all the right areas of your life so that you can – access that erotic joy so that you can feel 100% home in your body. Um, And I really see our work as being ways for you to find the way to turn up the volume, Um, turn up the volume on the joy and turn down the volume on, you know, those stories about what you are worth um, about your sexual past, like all of those things. It's so beautiful to witness you living in, like, full color.
2: Thank you. It's, uh, color is my my thing. Yeah. So it feels really good to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before I let you go, I,
0: I want to know, since, like, our work was so much about sexual liberation, I want to know what sexual liberation means to you these days. What does that look like?
2: Sexual liberation, um, to me, means the whole like give no fucks is kind of where I am. Mm. Um, It is my body. It is my space. It is my journey. And to listen to others and their own discomforts about, you know, the person that I am or the journey that I'm on is such a disservice to, to me and to them, you know, Mm. Um, sexual liberation to me is honesty with myself and with others is sexual openness with myself and others. It is the vibrant vulnerability and vibrant visibility that I strived for um, for most of my life. That's where I currently am. I still have one of your um, affirmations on my wall. The uh, And I think it so rings true for this. If, um, I am the owner of my sexual identity. Mm-hmm. Um, And no one can take that away from me without my yeah. permission. Oh, I love that you still have that up. Yeah. And it's that it to me, I mean, sexual liberation is celebration is the divine feminine dancing on the beach. It is everything, the lightness and joy that sex and your sexual identity brings you, not the anxiety or the worry or the stress that it brings you, because that's all just, Things I feel like from other people putting things on us that don't match who we really are. And I think sexual liberation is Tasha. That's me. That's who I am now. It's such a beautiful feeling to also like put my name and my being with my sexual liberation. They're not two different things. They're one now. Ah, I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) It makes me me so happy.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for being willing to share your story and go through this lockdown memory lane <laughs> with me. Oh,
2: you are so welcome. My pleasure. Yeah,
0: I I just I it was such an incredible experience to witness your blossoming and to be able to hold space for it. And I just, I know I've said this before a dozen times to you, but thank you so much for showing up so fully for your healing process and for being so vulnerable and for entrusting me with your your tender bits, you know, the the parts of you that were raw and unsure of of where to go. I'm just, I feel incredibly honored to have witnessed that.
2: Ah, oh, my goodness. It thank you so much for saying that. And it was an absolute honor to work with you. I mean, you've known this for a while. Like I started following your work um and I just I mean, years ago, and I was just like, yeah, I this is going to be A relationship in my life that is going to change me. And it's, it's just so interesting throughout our entire journey together, how you helped me come home to myself and not change me. You just Mm. helped me come home to, to who I am and who I, who I feel, you know? So that feels so, so good. Mm. Yay to erotic joy. (laughs) Yay. (laughs)
0: Thank you for listening to the sexually liberated woman if you like this podcast i'd love it if you gave me five stars or four four stars is fine too on apple podcasts doing this helps others find the sexually liberated woman and also helps others find sexual liberation which i think is a win-win As for me, Evian, you can find me on my blog at sexloveliberation.com and on Instagram at evian.whitney. And if you want to become a sexually liberated woman, maybe like Tasha, go to sexloveliberation.com slash SLW, and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your sexual liberation journey someday. I'll see you in the next episode.